now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Nailed it. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to tonight's episode of Bible News Radio. I'm so glad you guys are here. Thank you for coming. So this is Sherry Kang. We had her on the show a couple years ago, actually. And this is her song called Lucky to be Breathing Your Air. And I think that we all need to be thankful for that. Thank you guys for sharing it out. I really appreciate it. Let's listen to Sherry. Right from the day I was born. It's just as if I was I hear an echo in here. Yeah. 
amen and amen and amen and amen and amen. I'm going to um, take this out of my head. That way I don't hear myself in my head. <laughs> Have you guys ever do that? You, you, you put headset in and then it's like it's all encompassing. You're like, I gotta get my ear out there. Anyway, hey, hello everybody, or hello people. <laughs> I want to welcome everybody to the show tonight. I'm glad you're here. Uh, you know, hey, Periscope, YouTube, are we on Facebook? Yep. Facebook. Yeah, we are. Um, where else are we? Uh, Twitch. So Periscope, yeah, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitch, and Mixer. And Mixer. Mixing all right. it up. Folks. Yeah. And then the archive of this will be all over iTunes and other audio platforms. That will. That will. <laughs> well, thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate it. You know, the older I get, which is, you know, every day I get older. Uh, I'm going to mute will. this. Hold, the, hold on a minute. There we go. Just want to make sure I muted that. Okay. Um, anyway, the older I get, actually, it has nothing to do with getting older, actually. <laughs> Actually, what I was going to say is we live in a world uh, where people are competing for attention, in a right? World. I used to, I used to, um, in a world. I, you also get older, Sean. That's good to know. <laughs> well, here's the thing in a, okay, what was I going to say? Attention competition, right? Many years ago when I was um, doing internet safety courses, I mean, this was a long time ago. It was like 15 years ago. I had a lady on my show because I, I had a podcast called Being Safe Online. Um, and anyway, I stopped doing it, but... Because it's a lost cause. No, because... No way to be safe I, online. Because I ended up doing a whole bunch of other stuff. But anyway... It's a scary place out there, kids. The, the idea of attention competition came up. And my guest, made she said that phrase, and I was like, yeah, you know? And if you think about it, think about it, like... Like line, like your click, like the headline to this show, right? Should churches look more like psych wards? That was actually the name of an article that I stole the title from in order to get you to come in here. Although some of you are just faithful comrades and you'd show up anyway. <laughs> but but it's like it's like our society today, especially media in particular, media in particular. Um, I read an article. Okay, wait. I'll finish my thought and then I'll do that thought unless I forget it. But, but our society today, especially in social media, it's all about what can get your attention and how long you can hold somebody's attention, right? Well, Facebook, I just read today that Facebook is start, is now going to hide the number of likes that you're getting in an effort to help us feel better about ourselves. <laughs> I read that and I thought <clears throat> first of all I laughed when I read it and and then but but I thought I thought wait a minute you're the guys that actually conditioned us to 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 go like um to hit like so that we could get that dopamine rush into our head we could get the the you know the what what do I call the um the kick, the high, whatever it is, you know, every time we see an email notification or a text message, or we see, you know, something that's giving us, yeah, validation, people. <laughs> anyway, I read that. I was like, really? <laughs> I started laughing. Yeah, dopamine fix. It's like, you know, but, 
But you know what? The truth is, is that we're all addicted. Okay. I'm not, I mean, you are, whether you want to admit it or not, most of you, if not all of you are addicted to your phone or to technology or to some TV thing or some music, <clears throat> all that. Which is why we strive to, you know, encourage that addiction with this show all over the internet. <laughs> uh, I'm slightly kidding about that. But, uh, but anyway, I want to read Psalm 103 because in my women's Bible study <clears throat> uh, that I'm in, that we, we have been challenged to memorize the first five verses. I pretty much got it down, people. But, you know, this is such a good psalm that because I've been memorizing it and reciting it a lot this week, I thought, you know what, this is a psalm that you, you, you know, you should, I'm not going to say should, but you may benefit from. So it starts this way. <clears throat> excuse me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Okay. Anyway. So it, says, it starts this way. Uh, um, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Oh, I was going to read the whole thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> he took it. Okay, it's still over there on there. The Lord performs righteous deeds. I was reading it off the screen, but that's okay. I can read it off my screen. And judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger for forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. How many of you are happy about that one? <laughs> yeah, I am, just so you know. Uh, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him, and as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he, for he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. <laughs> I always laugh when I read that. Because, never mind. <laughs> anyway, as, as for the man, <clears throat> his days are like grass and as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more. And its place acknowledges it no longer. But the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children. To those who keep his covenant and remember his precepts to do them. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his sovereignty rules over all. Bless the Lord, you, you his angels, mighty in strength who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you who serve him doing his will. Bless the Lord, all you works of his in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Amen, people. 
Now, so so this is a powerful psalm. It's probably one of the most loved psalms in the Bible, honestly, because because here's King David just pouring out his heart and he's praising God and he's got the right mindset. You know, I know a lot of us, you know, are business people, you know, and we're in personal development. Yeah, we are. And and the thing is, is quote mindset, mindset reset, a popular speaker has coined. You know, and, and the funny thing is, yeah, we do need a mindset re- reset, especially as Christians. We need a mindset reset back to God, not to us. <laughs> and which is going to tie in a little bit to the lead story, right? That, that, that I'm going to talk about in just a second here. But, but when we are thinking correctly, when we're thinking rightly about who Christ is, it gets, first of all, it gets our focus off us, right? Which is, which is important, the last person you really should be thinking about yourself is you, about you. The last person you should be thinking about is you, right? I'm not, and, and I know that's so contrary to the word of, you know, to the word of the world. Like, oh, no, put you first. Build your self-esteem, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so great. Yeah, you are. Let's live the best life now. The best version of ourselves. What the heck does that even mean? Honestly, that phrase irritates me. <laughs> And yet it's so weird because all these people are saying it. I want to be the best version of myself. Is there Stacy 2.0 coming? I have no idea. Is there an upgrade? I mean, seriously, I have no clue. Well, there's the me when I first get up, you know. Well. In the morning, there's the me, you know, when unpleasant things are happening. There's the me when uh, the day seems to be going really well and I'm mm. having victories and pleasant surprises. Yeah. I still think it's stupid. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, do you think Jesus walks around saying, "Hey, I'm going to try to be the best version of myself"? Well, what? Where would that be? No. Like, would it be on the cross? That's when he was the best version of himself. Would it be after he rose from the dead? <laughs> well, that was actually the 2.0 there, the, right? And the resurrected <laughs> body. Yeah. So the best version of ourselves is yet to come. Right. Right. Anyway, so my point is. My point is that for me, meditating on this, because I've had a kind of tough work week. You know, some of you know some of the stuff I, I dealt with this week. But what I can tell you is that, that um, you know, as I was dealing with some stuff, I, I was meditating on this word, right? I was meditating on, you know, let's not forget any of his benefits. He pardons all my iniquity, right? He heals all my diseases. Praise God for that. In my case, he actually gave me an idea of what I could have coming. <laughs> uh, you know, but but then here, this verse I just pointed out a little while ago, verse 10, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquity. You know, when you think about, when you really think about that, that is so, so powerful because, because you know how we are as people, right? We deal with people often according to their sin and their iniquity. I mean, we want them to have justice. Sometimes we're being more merciful to people even if they don't think it. But God is totally merciful to us. And it's funny because when I first became a Christian, verse 10, I mean verse 11, the one right after it, really it was one of the first verses that I meditated on and I remember memorizing. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. Note that. It's towards those who fear him, not those who hate him or his enemies. Um, 
As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now, I didn't know as a baby believer about the whole east-west thing, but if that had been written as far as the north is from the south, we would be all like in big trouble, people. We'd be screwed over <laughs> because there is an end point there. But as far as the east is from the west, there's not. And so that is God. I mean, this is the God that we serve as Christians. He is loving, he's kind, he's compassionate, and he is mindful. And this is the best part. He's mindful that we are dust. He gets it. He knows that because he made us. And so we can be encouraged by that. Okay, so with that said, let's go ahead and get into the article, the lead article here, which is... <clears throat> which was written by Steve Austin, who is an opinion contributor uh, over at, on, I forget, I don't even know what, what um thing is. Cause I put USA it, Today. USA Today, okay. Yeah, I put it in distill mode so I don't get all the, the art, you know, all the thingies. So anyway, you know, and this, this, this article was written because of the suicide of Pastor Jared Wilson, which his funeral was this week. Um, anyway, so this is... Um, I was a pastor when I nearly died by suicide. Churches look more like psych wards. So before I read this, Bareface, because uh, I know you haven't read it yet, but I did read the article already. But how many of you, But just by put, putting a number in the chat room or wherever you're at, um, how many of you agree with this statement, just that statement on its face? Put a one if you agree, put a two if you disagree with the statement that churches should look more like psych wards. And I'll wait just a, a moment because I know that there is a little bit of a delay. Sometimes that delay feels like it's all eternity. <laughs> yes, there's a long delay here. Um, well, those who uh, visited Toronto in the uh, early 90s may have, um, yeah, hmm? may have experienced just that, just saying. Yeah. Put put a number one if you agree that churches should look more like psych wards. Put a number two if you disagree. One agree, two disagree. Yeah, I think I said that right. Well, even if I didn't, I just made it up, so I just said it again. <laughs> okay, so Rachel disagrees. Peace out, people. And I don't know who's on YouTube tonight, but there are a couple people over there. Rob does. Okay. Mia does. Okay, good. Okay, that's good enough. All right. So let's, let's, uh, well, Randall, what do you think? Yes or no? No. Churches should not look more like, uh, psych words. Okay. Um, you know, we're you... supposed to be, you know, God has given us a spirit of love, power, and a, a sound mind. Um, churches shouldn't look like psych wards. I know people talk about churches being hospitals and that kind of thing. Um, yes, is there room for is ministry for broken people? Certainly there is. Uh, but as, as a sort of a rule, as the norm, uh, making disciples isn't uh, the you know the process of making disciples should be diminishing things you know 
mental, emotional, um, physical struggles of all sorts. I'm wondering if we got highlighted or something on Periscope. These numbers are wonky tonight. They're way too high. Can't have that. It shows that there's over 750-something people that have come in, and there's 35 in there supposedly now. All right. That's weird. That's but, all right. Whatever. Okay, but anyway, so Rachel said Christians should be the healthiest people mentally and physically. And, and, you know, it's interesting, Rachel, because the research actually shows that's the case. It actually is. It actually shows that Christians, real Christians, not, not sinos, Christians in name only, but real Christians have better marriages, they're healthier, etc., uh, etc. Et I had a highlight, huh? Hmm. Interesting. That's never happened if I actually was highlighted. That's a miracle in itself on Periscope. So, but anyway, so here's, the, here's let's read the article because I see where this guy's coming from, and I think you will too in a minute. So, uh, so he says here, um, I'm praying for you feels like the right thing to say, but for people struggling, it isn't a solution. Here's how churches can actually help. The death by apparent suicide of Pastor Jared Wilson stunned many of us, forcing us to try to answer the question, how do we deal with mental illness in church? I don't know Jared's story intimately, but I do know what it's like to, to long for death when I feel hopeless. I was a pastor when I nearly died by suicide. If you had to read that sentence a second time, I get it. It's pretty jarring to read. At 29 years old, my life had reached a point where I felt there was no hope, so I tried to die in a hotel room with a Bible in my lap as I feverishly wrote my suicide notes. I prayed I would never wake up. That was seven years ago this month. By the way, this happens to be Suicidal Prevention Aware Awareness Month. Um, and I am going to give you guys an, a book that you can get um, for free today and tomorrow only uh, that was sent to me. If you didn't see it on my Facebook when I posted, I'll, I'll tell you that in a little bit. But... Um, but so anyway, so this is kind of key to this. It kind of ties into that. Then he says, speaking of prayer, I'm praying for you is not a solution, even though it feels like the right thing to say. I am no longer in formal ministry and no longer a pastor, but I speak to congregations offering tangible changes they can make to help those of us who are struggling. After years of therapy, I've decided churches need to look more like psych wards. Here's what I mean. Radical acceptance, safe communities. In group therapy, you sit in a circle, everyone looking at each, looking at and supporting each other. At church, the congregation or audience, question mark, faces just one person. That's a performance, not a community. My life was transformed by living in community with unstable people at the lowest point of their lives. We came together, finding support in a safe place with all the goal of getting better. Instead of spending countless hours and dollars creating showy performances meant to cultivate an image, church should work towards transparency in corporate worship by investing in mental health support groups and hosting events encouraging open dialogue. The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention lists six things you should do to have an honest conversation when someone is at risk. Christians with mental illness are desperate for authenticity. So how do we facilitate honesty in church? It could start by having a prayer box specifically for mental health concerns and continue through messages from the pulpit. Suicide, and listen to this, you guys, this is, this is so sad. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for Americans ages 10 to 34. 
So include youth in that honest conversation. Talk about anxiety and depression in Sunday school and offer practical and spiritual tips for, tips for getting better. My generation, millennials in particular, is known as the anxious generation, and anxiety and depression among young Americans have been trending higher and higher for decades. We have learned the hard way that isolation can be a death sentence for our mental health. It's time to let our kids and young people know they are safe to speak about mental health. One of the missions of the church is to help people grow. Our journey toward wholeness requires permission to be honest. When we feel safe to confess our mess honestly, evidence suggests our stress levels drop. The power of confession shatters shame. It's biblical. Looking for more ideas, the National Alliance on Mental Illness has compiled has compiled a list of uh, some model faith groups. You can't heal from what you won't face. What if the church took that approach with neuroatypical people and those with mental health challenges the same way? Maybe it's time to pull the AA group out of the basement and into the sanctuary by including mental health struggles in regular conversation. We can fight the stigma that persists in many churches. This keeps us from telling a lie when the church sign says, come as you are. Now, how many of you go to church that had said that, right? Helping people face their wounds doesn't mean we can fix them. The church is naturally a fixing, a fixing culture, but I'd challenge us to do better at practicing radical acceptance instead through grace, love, and listening. Churches bring in the professionals. Pastors don't graduate seminary as mental health counselors, so expecting pastoral training to give a pastor all the answers for someone in mental health crisis isn't wise. You wouldn't want your pastor performing open-heart surgery, so why would you expect your pastor to be your psychiatrist? Start by creating a list of local mental health professionals. Keep it at the office. Pin it to the board with other church announcements and save it in your smartphone for the next time someone from your community is in crisis. As a pastor, you can still sit with them, pray for them, and share encouraging scripture, but do that after you've called the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline or driven them to the hospital. One way to bring in mental health professionals is by offering to house house a licensed therapist in the church building, allow them to work rent-free from your space in exchange for offering monthly therapy sessions for your staff, and reduce therapy for church members in need. Much like the psych ward, Christians with mental illness are looking for a spiritual community that welcomes their dysfunction, dis disappointment, and exhaustion. In the same way, Jesus welcomed people to come without pretense. It's time for the church to provide a sacred place to lay down our burdens and rest. This includes pastors. Pastors are humans before anything else, which means they need space to share their struggles too. Find out whether a sabbatical is written into your pastor's contract, if not work to get that changed. I've spent time in church pews and on the psych ward. In both scenarios, I have found that outward exercises are designed to lead us toward inward discovery. It isn't about raised hands on a Sunday morning any more than it's about arts and crafts activities that help me describe my emotions. Exercises and therapy helped free me from unrealistic expectations. Find joy in ordinary moments and give myself space to love, to belong, and to constantly change. Shouldn't this be the goal for all of our congregations? The church should, could learn a lot from the psych ward. And of course, he's written a book called From Pastor to a Psych Ward, which I have not read and do not necessarily endorse because I have not read it. But 
I, as a mental health professional, uh, having a master's in clinical psychology, most of you guys know that, and having actually practiced therapy for about 15 years, um, and I'm still pretty immersed in that, you know, that knowledge. I mean, I, I know what's going on in the field and, you know, one of my best friends in the whole world is a psychologist. So, um, I talk to her every day. So it's, it's, you know, it's, um, it is a problem, but, and there's always a, but you're sitting on it. <laughs> sorry. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. That was bad. My bad. Okay, anyway. Um, but. I, I see where he's coming from, Randall. <laughs> I see where he's coming from. But uh, I do not agree completely with this guy. And the reason I don't agree is because his, the way he's seeking the answer is through psychology and not theology. And... And if you look at King David and you look at his life, right, um, he is the perfect example of who we should listen to and look to as a model for us. And I believe that's why we have 150 Psalms, although David didn't write them all. Um, you know, that here's a man who struggled with depression. He wanted to die. Okay. How many of you realize King David wanted to die at, at points in his life? But what did he do? Did he go to AA? And and believe me, I I like AA. I appreciate AA. But he didn't turn to psychology. He turned to the Lord. And the problem I have with incorporating something this radical is that the discipleship aspect of what we're supposed to be doing in churches, it gets lost. People don't know God's word. And that's what bothers me because the answer, hey, I have a master's in this field. Okay, that's not what healed me. I spent 15 years in my own personal therapy, getting therapy for all my abuse. The church didn't help me. They had programs. I actually found my counselor at a church um, because they had a list of therapists, which was great. And I went to the there. I went to the church. I said, I'm looking for a therapist because I was sexually abused. Do you have anybody that specializes with that? Yes, here's a list. And I called them all, right? I called one by one until one, until my, until Lisa, who's now, now a friend, until Lisa could, gave me a price I could afford, which was still high, but still. And I ended up spending like half my life with her. <laughs> it felt like anyway, <laughs> that's not true, but a long time, you know, I spent like 12 years with this woman working through my stuff in a private counseling thing. And I can tell you that not all support groups are awesome. In fact, a lot of them enable you and they're only as healthy as the leader is. And frankly, you got to be very careful because they can bring you down, you know. Um, but anyway, Randall, I know you want to say something. And Yeah, what troubled me most about the article, yeah, there's some things I agree with, but the for the strongly disagree box is that uh, just toward the end of the article, the second to last sentence, which is a question, well, uh, reading the... Anyway, he says, Exercises and therapy help free me from unrealistic expectations, find joy in ordinary moments, and give myself space to love, to belong, and to constantly change. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't this be the goal for all our congregations? No. No. I mean, you know, find joy in ordinary moments, give yourself space to love, belong, and a constant change. You can find that at the Self-Realization Fellowship Temple. How do I know? Because I used to attend there. 
um, before became a follower. I'm so glad I didn't know you in those days. Um, you know there are there are plenty there are plenty of places you can uh, you can you can do that at many a nightclub. Find joy in ordinary moments. The dude just spilled beer on his shirt. <laughs> And, uh, you know, give yourself space to love and belong, you know, cheers or everybody knows your name and constantly change, you know, plenty of places. That shouldn't be the goal of all of our congregations. The goal of our congregations should be to make disciples. And, you know, Rachel just pointed out in the chat room and Rachel, kudos to you, girlfriend. And I know you know the word, right? You probably know it better than I do. She just pointed out. She said, did you know that there's no solution God in here at all? Yeah. Now, isn't not that... Even a, not even a scripture reference. Not even one scripture reference. Not re even misapplied. From a former pastor, right? Not even taken out of context. Now, here's my, here's my idea. My idea is that rather than bring this, this idea into the church, right? Because the church is... Uh, it's a place of worship, right? And I understand... And I do understand this model. And this model has been in the church for 35 years, Okay. When, when I when I first got saved was like 36, 37 years ago, psychology was first making that creep in the church back then. We are, re we are reaping the fruit of that now, okay? Now, I think programs like Celebration, Celebrate Recovery and all that, that's, that's fine, but it shouldn't be the main focus of why people go to church, right? Um, you know, just like the church shouldn't be a marketplace. And Christ had a problem with that in the synagogue even. You know, when they, when he went in and he flipped the, the, you know, the tables, you know, what did he say? You guys know what he said? Remember what he said? He's bareface remembers. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. You uh, remember what he said? He said, my father's house be a house of prayer. Right. But you turned it into a den of thieves. Now, isn't it interesting that most churches today don't have prayer meetings, meetings right? Yeah. But what do they have? They have support groups. Mm -hmm. So, you know. That's, I think that's a huge reason for the right. less effectiveness. It's a subtle, the, it's a subtle creep of deception that's that's gotten into the church. I think you and, know, I wasn't back then, but in the days of D.L. Moody, you know, they had when he was every Sunday when he preached, the whole you know basement was full of people praying for that service. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, so, so that's part of the issue, but you know what the, you know where the real issue is, everybody? And I'm just going to say this. Okay. You ready? Brace yourself. Ready. It's the family. That's where the real issue is. The real issue with our culture is in the family. It's in the family. The family has been, uh, systematically destroyed, right? Destroyed. Um, it has been, men have been emasculated. Uh, feminism has come in and basically said, hey, I'm going to wear the pants in this family. Um, and so you have the breakdown of the, of the family, right? And many people, I mean, probably you guys know because I've said it enough. But Ronald Reagan, way back when he was governor of California, he's the guy that instituted no-fault divorce in California. And it went, you know, it basically went nationwide after that, Okay. So you have the breakdown of the family, which means that you don't have a uh, mother and father in the home because the divorce rates go through the roof. Uh, okay. You have the attack on the family through abortion. You have attack on gender because of uh, 
because of the new fluid, you know, gender is fluid. It's all in your brain. It's not between your legs anymore, right? Oh, I'm sorry, Donald Trump is even right about that one, you know. And so you you have the breakdown of the family. You have women trying to, and, and this is sad, right? I'm just going to say it. You have women supporting their families. And honestly, I'm I'm totally old-fashioned. I don't think women should, but but an overwhelming majority of women do now, right? Families can't live the way they did in the 50s because the cost of living is too high. You have to have two income earners come in and do this. And so what, do you, what does that create in marriage, right? Godly marriage between one man and one woman. What does that do? What's it create in marriage? It creates stress, which leads to divorce, which leads to alcoholism, which leads to abuse, which leads to domestic violence, which leads to all of that stuff right? So the church was established after the family, right? So the whole family has been like attacked because the family is the first institution God created. Don't ever forget that because that's vital. It's vital to how the structure of the world came into being. God made Adam and Eve first and then that was the family, right? And then he told them, be fruitful, multiply. He did. They did. They, they did. Uh, you know, Cain and Abel came in. There was basically murder in the family, but whatever. You know, they fell. And then the church was established after that. So, you know, so the family, the devil knows where to attack you. And so he attacked the family. The church, of course, you know, a lot of people say is a, it's a hospital for sin sex souls. Yes, it is. It should be. But here's the thing. Your church is only going to be as healthy as the leadership in that church. If you have an unhealthy leadership in, in the church you're going to, you're going to have an unhealthy church. And I've seen it. I, I have seen it. That's why I left the church for so many years. And it's only been in this past year. I actually, after a decade, after 10 years away from the church, which I call the state-run, you know, entertainment business church, uh, you know, God has now put me back into a fellowship, which I'm, you know, there's no one more shocked than I am. And there's also no one more shocked that I'm in a Bible study too, uh, because of the crap that I've dealt with in church, because I didn't get what I needed in church. And not because I was quote, mentally unstable or whatever, but because honestly, the church is broken. It's full of broken people. And if you're in a church with broken leadership, that's going to be the rest of the church. You want, did you want to say something? I just wanted to concur with what you're saying about the family. It's something that the author, Steve Austin, not the $6 million man, mm -hmm. said in the article, he said, my generation, millennials, is, in particular, is known as the anxious generation. Why is that? Well, because you know what's going on is so uh, in the world there's scary things with well look at the look at the boomers which is technically my generation I'm at the end of them but you know with uh, with the red scare and this threat of nuclear war and and duck and cover happening you know continually in uh, you know schools you know to prepare for your know, nuclear attack stuff like that was that was a daily threat Mm -hmm. They're not known as the anxious generation. Why is the millennial generation so anxious? And it's because of that disintegration of the home. It's that instability of of the two-parent solid home, I believe, that makes them the anxious generation. Yep. And where we started introducing this, you know, the gender fluidity and all this kind of stuff in an unstable world, you know with their feet firmly planted in midair, that's what's created the anxiety, I strongly believe. Yeah. 
Now, one last thing I want to address from the article. He talked about a um, uh, thing here, and he talked about, well, basically those mental, well, he said unstable people, but neuroatypical people, okay? That's a nice way of saying, quote, they have a chemical imbalance. I, I think that's what he means by it. Whether it's, you know, a diagnosis of bipolar or manic depressive, whatever you want to call it, um, OCD, anxiety disorders, PTSD, uh, which reminds me about the book I'm going to tell you about, um, or schizophrenia or other such mental disorders. We've been duped as a church. And I'm going to have my friend Linda come on soon, hopefully, to talk about the whole lie of antidepressants and how they have been marketed to people uh, as the solution. In fact, I have a book. It's, it's actually downstairs. I bought it. It's It was written in the 90s, and it was on Prozac. It was one of the, the big antidepressants out there. You probably all remember that. Um, and one of the things it says in this book is that, that the overwhelming... Um, how, how do I say this? The overwhelming evidence suggests that the placebo effect was what really made people feel better as opposed to the antidepressants. It was like over, it was something like 30% of the time it was just the placebo effect. Well, I've told you numerous times the number one cure for depression is exercise. Because it is. Get your body moving, get your butt off the couch stop eating sugar, you won't be depressed, right? I mean, you, you may have to deal with grief and different things like that, but that comes with maturity and de- learning how to deal with your emotions and not let your emotions control you, you control them, which goes back to learning more about the fruit of the spirit, which is like self-control, right? Do you really think that God hates us, that he wouldn't give us what we need through his Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Why is self-control one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Think about it, right? There's very few people that actually talk about that. The only time you actually hear about, quote, self-control is when you listen to diet gurus who are trying to push the latest pill on you, you know, or, oh, it's not your fault. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, a lot of times it is your fault, okay? And that's that irritates me because... What we've done with this generation and the whole psychobabble-ness of it all is we have basically said, you know what? Nobody's at fault for anything. And that's the problem because you got to take personal responsibility. If, 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 try not to rant, but I might, because that's the thing. You have to take personal responsibility for what you do with your body, right? If you're sleeping with somebody outside of wedlock and you get venereal disease and you're like, Hey, that's not my fault. Really? Whose fault is it? You know, if you have a heart attack cause you ate too much greasy food and you know, your cholesterol is through the roof, etc. cetera, blah, blah, blah. Well, whose fault is that? Nobody shoved those hamburgers down your face. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, well, it's not my fault. Don't blame me. We can't do anything. Yeah, it is your fault. <laughs> but But the church does, I mean, somebody and some of my nutrition friends, they brought this up, they, you know, gluttony, right? Being fat, that's like a totally acceptable, quote, thing in the church, especially Southern Baptist churches. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you know, that, that here living here in the South, yeah, it's the acceptable thing. And yet nobody talks about it, right? Um, so, so that's part of the issue. But God gives us 
a fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. You, you have the power within you as a believer to cultivate that fruit. The problem is that we don't because it's not comfortable. And then we like to blame people, other people, circumstances. Oh, I don't know. Couldn't do this. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you got to take some personal responsibility. I mean, if, think about this. What if our military, you know, was out there battling some other military and all of a sudden, you know, uh, they were doing something and, and a guy did something wrong, you know, do you honestly think that the military commanding officer is going to say to that guy, Oh, oh, it's too bad. You know, I, I'm just going to pat you on the head because of that. It's not your fault, honey, that you just shot, you know, your foot or whatever. Yeah, it is. It's your, it's your fault. Take some responsibility, you know, personal responsibility. And that's part of it. And see, you know, groups like AA and all that, that's one thing I like about them because they encourage that. Often the church doesn't, though. The church will placate it and they'll, they'll advocate for the sin. Um, and instead of saying, you know what, you need to knock it off, <laughs> you know, stop it. Okay. Before I forget, let me tell you guys the name of this book. You can get it for free. This is, um, it's on my Facebook page, Bareface. Um, uh, some, I'm scrolling down to, to find it. Um, because this is National Suicide Prevention Month, I had a publicist, send me this book. It's called Love Your Vets. And we're not talking about dogs and cats. We're talking about veterans. Um, so the book is called Love Our Vets, PTSD, Family Support. And you can go to Amazon, I think. I think it's going to flip over. I'm trying to find the thing for you so you can get it. Anyway, this book is free for today and tomorrow on Kindle. And, of course, my computer just froze. <laughs> we'll just wait one moment while my really old computer decides to, like, let me click the page. Okay. <laughs> I'm in, the, I'm, I'm in need. Um, I need a new computer at some point. Um, there it is right there. Did you get it? Okay. Randall's got it. So, Bareface has put this up. So, do this, you guys. Um, screenshot this page when Randall puts it up for you. Um, but you can go to Amazon. I should put it in my bookstore so I get credit, but it won't matter because it's free. But if you go to Amazon, it's called Love Our Vets, Restoring Hope for Families of Veterans with PTSD. And what's what's great about this book is that the author here, they're, they're offering this for free today and tomorrow. Uh, and it really will help people with mental health issues or mental illness struggles, especially if, you know, I mean, even if you're not a veteran, but yeah, good. I'm glad to see those screenshots. Keep them coming. Screenshot that and like, make sure you get it today or tomorrow because I think it's not. I'm still trying to see where the book is. Yeah, the, 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 here, the link didn't completely um, cover up here. Yeah, I tweeted out too. Thanks, Angie. I appreciate it. I'm going to, here, I can give you the link, Randall. Okay, here we go. Did you get it? Okay, yeah. So anyway, you can get that for free. And they, they gave it for free today and tomorrow just because of um, because it's Suicide Awareness Prevention Month. And they want people to be able to get this book. And this author has also done some other books, too, for veterans in particular. So if you know anybody who, who uh, you know, does that, just go to Welby O'Brien's name on, on um. Amazon, you can see his other books as well. 
All right. So that's your gift to that's your gift today. Um, so I hope that blesses you. All right. Also, it's it's like past. It's like time for our break, actually. So let me um, let me give you guys. Um, well, first of all, let me say hi to everybody. Hi. I guess we were featured on Periscope, which is highly unusual. Periscope. What happened? How come I'm being highlighted all of a sudden? After four years on the platform. Mm-hmm. Must be the shirt. No, it's the topic. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad you're here. Hey, you know, I've been doing this show for four years on this platform. It's nice to be noticed once in a while. Um, it was a fluke, I'm sure. <laughs> Just kidding. You know what I want? I want my mug. Periscope owes me a mug. For being a broadcaster, you know, uh, what do you call us? What are we? A uh, bronze star. Bronze star. We should be a total gold star by now, but whatever. Um, but anyway, um, okay. So one of our one of the things that I do, you guys, is I sell Legal Shield. Right? Legal Shield is awesome. It is personal legal insurance that everybody needs. You can get your will done with it. Uh, you can, if you're a speeder, or you get in accidents. You you you're a you get hit by somebody, you can call and submit a ticket to uh, the attorney provider law firm that you will get when you sign up. Um, they will answer all your questions. Any question you have, these attorneys, you just call them up and you talk to them. It's a great service. It's set up just like uh, Netflix is. You know, Netflix, you pay whatever it is. I don't know. I'm not on Netflix, but you pay, let's say, what, 10 bucks a month or whatever it is. You get access. subscriber service. Yeah, you get access to like 5 million movies or whatever. And so this is just giving you access to an attorney provider law firm in your state uh, and when you have a problem. You know, I've signed up 71 people in, so far in the time I've been doing this, you guys. 71. I just signed up my 71st person yesterday, which cracks me, which surprises me, honestly. I, when I went through and I counted, I was like, wow, 71 people have signed up for Legal Shield through through our show and my local networking efforts it's a great program you guys and and if you're not familiar with it just get in touch with me i want to tell you about it because you should be and you really need to get your will done in fact i have an article uh, i will tweet this out it's titled old estate plans may be harmful to your health and it's written by a guy who is an estate planner and he talks about how the laws have changed in certain things you know um you know change in the tax law, marriage or, or divorce, death, new child or grandchild, uh, moving to a different state, all these different things in your life. If you already had your will done, it could be impacted. So you can need to get your will updated. Anyway, the service is $24.95 a month. That's it. Um, the average will costs about $1,000, at least here in Tennessee it does. Um, you can Google it and look it up for yourself. I did. Um, and I know it's quite the savings. You know, 25 bucks versus a thousand. That's quite a bit, actually. So that's one thing that we sell. The other thing we sell is identity theft protection. And ID Shield is the best out there for many reasons. Number one, we offer the full comprehensive restoration. So it's included in the cost of your, of your monthly membership. Uh, most other places don't do that. In fact, I don't know any that do. LifeLock doesn't. We do, though. We rock. Just saying. And you know what? DoorDash. How many of you guys 
have ever heard of DoorDash. You know what DoorDash is, right? Uh, where you have people deliver stuff to your house. Well, guess what? According to TechCrunch and also Kim Commando uh, and other sources, DoorDash confirms a data breach has in affected almost 5 million customers, you guys. <laughs> 5 million people, right? 5 million customers. This is not a little company. It says here, DoorDash has confirmed a data breach. The food delivery company said in a blog post Thursday that 4.9 million customers, delivery workers, and merchants had their information stolen by hackers. It happened in May, but they're just telling you now, just so you know. So, so I'll tweet this out later too. But so what's my point in sharing that? Maybe you're not a customer of DoorDash, but maybe you were, a, maybe, maybe you were part of the Equifax breach. I don't know. Maybe you're part of the Marriott breach <laughs> or the other big breaches out there. There's a Yahoo breach in case you didn't know that. Practically everybody has been impacted by a breach. And so what's good about having ID Shield membership is um, that you get all of your stuff monitored. Um, and when something happens, you get alerted. And it's not just credit cards. That's the thing. See, most people think that identity theft protection is just credit. Your bank does that, right? Your bank does the credit. Your bank does credit cards. Um, that's a no-brainer. We look at your social security, your driver's license, your passport, your payday loans. Um, we monitor the sex offenders that are in your area uh, and so much more. I mean, I have a sheet with 38 things that we cover with our three bureau plan and we have a one bureau plan as well. So get in touch with me if you want to know more about that. It, it, you can cover your family with a three bureau monitoring, 10 kids, 18 and under, two parents for $29.95 a month. So $30 to get the, the big family plan. If you're an individual and you want a three bureau plan, it's 15 bucks. I don't know about you, but I think $15 is a no-brainer. I think $25 for Legal Shield is a no-brainer. Under 50 bucks, you could protect yourself every single month. And so most of you, you just throw that away anyway. Why not use it to protect yourself in a good way, right? In fact, I was at this networking event last night and I talked to this guy. I got to tell you the story. I, I won't. I'm going to tell you this guy's story. This guy, um, what was his name? James? <clears throat> yep. James, okay? Check this out. Now, Legal Shield used to be called prepaid legal 30 years ago. The company has been around for 47 years. James has been a member for 30 years and he pays $16 a month for his membership. So obviously there's been a little bit of cost. Same membership, but obviously, you know, it's 25 now because he bought it 30 years ago. Here's the thing. You, when you buy it, you're locked in at that rate. So if the price ever goes up, which I frankly think it should because it's, it's, the cost is ridiculously low for what you get. But anyway, long story short, he's locked in at $16 a month with Legal Shield because he signed up 30 years ago. He was sharing with me how when he first got the membership, he was a young businessman and he was renting out some um, prop. He was renting out office space. And um, anyway, to make a long story short, uh, he found out through a series of circumstances that the payment that they had been giving to the, the attorney that he was renting the space from uh, was basically being duplicated. The attorney had actually already been paid in full and he was just bilking these guys for the money, right? 
<laughs> I was like, okay, where's this going? Well, he got Legal Shield at the time. It was called prepaid legal. He got Legal Shield. He he called them up. He talked to the attorney in his area. I think he said this was in California too. No, it wasn't. It was here in Tennessee. Come to think of it. And anyway, long story short, the attorney told him, and this is a free consult, you guys. The attorney told him exactly what to say. He actually told me, he, he said that the attorney said, write down word for word what I say, go in and tell this attorney exactly what I just said. And that's what the guy did. He brought in the evidence that he had, the proof that, the, that he had been paid, that he had essentially been stealing and double dipping from the guy. He went in and he said um, exactly what the legal shield attorney had told him. And the attorney that he confronted with this crime uh, he said, stood up, slammed down the papers on his desk, got up, walked out, went to his secretary. He was out there a few minutes. A few minutes later, he came in with the letter that was basically what he was demanding, saying that everything was paid in full and all that. And, um, and then he said he thanked the guy and he walked out. And this apparently is a very high-powered attorney here in Tennessee somewhere. Um, this was 30 years ago, so I don't even know if the guy's around. But this was the testimony from last night from a new guy I just met, okay? What James told me was that that one instance saved him $3,000, okay? Um, Randall and I have had a couple of letters written for us where we've gotten money back that, you know, should have been ours in the first place. We shouldn't have been charged for it. I hear stories every week how this membership benefits people. And what my passion and desire is, I'm a teacher, I teach God's word, but I'm gonna teach you guys how to use an attorney to protect yourself. Because unlike the butthead attorney that, that James had to confront for ripping them off, that's how people see attorneys, right? They see them as the scoundrel buttheads, the, you know, the evil people in the world. I'm trying to help you understand they're not. There are a lot of good attorneys out there. And I can tell you, at least here in Tennessee, where Merritt Webb, Wilson, and Crusoe, um, they rock. They rock. We've met them. I, you know, it's more real because I know who they are now. I've shook their hands, you know. Um, so anyway, so if you, if you need that um, and you need identity theft protection and protect your kids, um, just sign up. I mean, there's info on down here in the ticker. You can go down there. You can do that. The other thing got to tell you is about our sponsor, Ariel Ministries. Ariel Ministries is one of the most solid, biblically-based ministries around. And yet, I mean, millions of people know about them, but not everybody does. If you want to get good biblical material to study the Bible, go to ariel.org and get their stuff. You can save 20% with our coupon code, Bible News. And you, if you actually read the stuff and study it, you're going to grow in your faith big time. Ariel has been sponsoring us faithfully for like three years. Uh, we're praying that they continue into the fourth year, but there's no guarantee that that will happen. Uh, but if you guys go there and you buy stuff and you're using our code, then, then that will tell them that, um, you know, that you appreciate them supporting our show. Uh, so I encourage you to do that. And, and, you know, if you guys need anything, you know, suggestions on stuff to get, let us know. I mean, the highlights of the life of Christ from a Messianic Jewish perspective is a great teaching. He's got great Bible studies on the book of Revelation, eschatology, soteriology, angelology, demonology. I mean, there's pretty much everything there um, you can get when you uh, 
go to ariel.org. And lastly, if you'd like to support the show, you know, by sending in a donation, then, you know, I encourage you to do that. Whatever God lays on your heart is good. Um, you know, and whatever, um, you know, however God leads you is good. And you can donate on our website, biblenewsradio.com. Just go to the give tab. I think it is just click there and you can pay through, you, you can donate through PayPal, or if you can't donate through, uh, electronic means and you want to send a check, uh, which I actually got a check, uh, for, for $25. Somebody just sent me a check from Idaho. You know who you are. Um, and I want to say thank you because, um, because it was a blessing to me to get it because it definitely helps us out. And I didn't know you were listening. So thank you for doing that. Um, but yeah, you can also send it to our PO box, which is, you know, on our website as well. And yes, Rachel, um, Legal Shield is going to be in Canada in all 10 provinces on October 1st. And that is a big deal. That is a big deal. It's only been in four provinces up until now. And um, October 1st, it'll be in all of Canada. So if you know anybody there, I think, aren't you there? Um, and you want to sign up, then you can do that, actually. I, I can sign you up for that as well. So I know it's great. I mean, it's great. And we're also in the United Kingdom, you guys, also. So um, if you know anybody in the United Kingdom who wants Legal Shield and you want to put them in touch with me, then I can figure out how to get that to them as well. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. All right. Wife uses Uber Eats or something like that. I'm not sure what you're referring to there, Ernie. But but thanks for watching on YouTube. I don't know if there's... Maybe in uh, you know relation to DoorDash. Oh, okay. Yeah. So similar kind of thing, bringing food to Uber Eats. Maybe a division of Uber where Uber drivers bring food. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other comments. That... Yeah, but if there's some sort of online anything, it's a matter of time before someone hacks into some portion of it. Well, you know what? I mean, that's why I, you know, I love my ID shield. I wish, I wish I had known about it years ago. I wish I had legal shield years ago. If you live in an apartment, you need it. Just saying. Uh, if you're a landlord or a manager, you need it. <laughs> uh, you need, you need it on all ends. Cause it's, 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 um, it's not good. But anyway, I am going to tweet these stories out. I'm going to tweet them out on Bible News Radio Twitter after the show is over because I have them in different, um, I have them in a whatever thing. All right, I want to get to the Mattel story. Did you guys hear this? Mattel has launched a line of gen gender non-conforming dolls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I read this article and I started to laugh when I, I was like, really? Um, yeah. Is there a picture in that one, Randall? Um, I don't know. Okay. And there was, I put it into the distill mode so it doesn't like crash my Likewise. computer. Okay. So listen to this. It says Mattel Inc., the toy company, perhaps best known for bringing the iconic and hyper feminine Barbie. Hyper feminine. Oh, I get, how is Bar uh, Barbie is hyper feminine? Oh my These gosh. These days, I guess. Anyway, Barbie dolls to children across the world has launched a new line of gender non-conforming dolls. The Creatable World dolls came or come with short hair and a kit with a longer wig and a variety of clothing options, which children can use to customize their toys' gender expression. 
Mattel promises that children uh, can create more than 100 distinct looks with each set. That's nice. Toys are a reflection of culture, and as the world continues to celebrate the positive impact of inclusivity, or inclusivity, rather, inclusivity is my bad word of the day, <laughs> we felt it was time to create a doll line free of labels, Kim Colmone, Senior oh. Vice President of Mattel Fashion Doll Design, said in a so statement. Doesn't have no names on it, doesn't have the Mattel brand on there or anything? Yeah. Well, anyway, it says, Mattel worked with parents, physicians, and other experts to develop the product and tested the dolls with 250 families from seven states, including 15 children who identify as trans, gender, non-binary, or gender fluid. As of Wednesday, the six different doll kits are available for purchase online for around $30. Mattel will be rolling out the doll's availability in stores at a later time. Now, first of all, this is interesting, right? Just from a research aspect. 250 families, that's it. That's actually a small sample, but whatever. Including 15 children who identify as transgender, non-binary, or gender fluid. By the way, these would be the same 15 kids who, if they were Christians and they had Christian parents and they were trying to get help for them in the church because of their mental health problems there, they wouldn't be able to. And I know you guys were talking about that a little bit earlier, about the whole gay thing in the mental thing. That's the problem. In the ment if you did going back to the first story, if you made the church more like a psych ward, you couldn't get some the homosexual who wants help couldn't get it in church because they won't allow it. And they're banning it in the field. <laughs> Actually Utah, I just read today, Utah is trying to ban it now. Just so you know. Anyway, <clears throat> Uh, so then it goes on here to say, in recent years, companies have been eliminating boys and girls sections in favor of more gender neutral marketing. In 2015, Target removed gender-based labeling in several departments around the store, and Disney stopped categorizing its Halloween costumes according to the gender binary. Last year, Mattel 2 opted out of classifying its toys divisions by gender. Yet, the Creatable World dolls mark a noticeable difference from Mattel's other toys, which have been marked in a gendered manner. Polly Pocket, American Girl, and Barbie are most often sold as toys for girls, while Hot Wheels and Matchbox toys have been sold as toys for boys. Yeah, they have. And just so you know, I happen to have a lot of Hot Wheels. <laughs> I had the Hot Wheels, and I had the Matchboxes, people. Yeah, I did. And I had the track and everything. I love that thing. It goes like that. I had two brothers, man. I was stuck between two boys. I was like the ultimate tomboy, too, by the way. I was like, yeah, I'm going to kick your butt, man. I defended my brothers, all that stuff, but whatever. Anyway, I actually never had a Barbie doll. Maybe you one didn't day. Miss much, probably. Maybe one day I'll, I'll get one. I didn't have a Cabbage Patch doll either, but I have a I have a friend in the audience who's sending me one. Someday, <laughs> I know it's coming. My birthday's coming. I think it's probably going to show up around then, which would be cool. Um. Anyway, I'm not going to read the rest of this because there's no need. The point is, Bareface. What's your What are your thoughts on this? Ah. Uh. <laughs> I was going to say nothing new under the sun, and ultimately there isn't. But at the end of the day, it is gender binary. I mean, we yeah, wouldn't we wouldn't have 
We wouldn't have generations. We talk about these new generations. We wouldn't have generations at all if it wasn't for male and female. Just saying, you know, the obvious. Gonna state the obvious. Well, okay, Barb says this gender fluid BS is child abuse, in my opinion. Uh, and I, and Amen, I sister. I agree. But, you know, say the right, opposite. That's Barb. Say the opposite. We wouldn't have children. Tracy tells you that. Yeah, Tracy does. Whether it happens, <laughs> whether it happens in a test tube, you know, it's artificial insemination, whatever. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's male and female that require, you know, human reproduction. And then the <clears throat> they talk about this oh gender nonconforming whatever oh my 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 my, my I'm what they said I was gonna say boy but they wouldn't call him a boy in these <laughs> modern you know you know this child can choose to wear a dress or this child can choose to you know wear a baseball cap or this child can what they end up doing their gender expressions are are expressing one of the gender binary <laughs> masculine or feminine boy or girl they can talk about all this gender fluidity they want at the end of the day they end up expressing something that's either masculine or feminine again where are these where are these non-binary things where are these you know other fifth fifth normal form genders or you know or whatever you know where where are these in between things and this gender and that gender at the end of the day, I see them expressing themselves as either, you know, male or female or some combination thereof. But there's not a new gender. Just, right. It's just... By the way, those of you who may be stumbling into this show because you actually discovered we're here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, I'm Randall's wife. I'm mm -hmm. a woman. Hear me yeah. roar. That's my husband. That's my husband over here. <laughs> I have to keep pointing out. The, I need uh, to put a sign that says point right that way. To yeah. Listen to your roar. Randall and I are married. We've been married for 27 years. Yeah, we are. Mm -hmm. Have. Have. Yeah, we yeah. have. And he depicts manhood to the nth degree. Look at that yeah. masculine, handsome, hunky man. Mm. That's how I always say everything in the morning. I always say, good morning, handsome, hunky man. Does. So, uh, <laughs> anyway. But, uh, yeah, it's just. Yeah. So. If if there really was some other gender other than male or female, yeah, then I think we would have seen it by now. We would have discovered it. But people who want to talk about you know these other genders and non-conforming whatever, they always express either male or female or some combination there. Why? Because that's all there is. Well, the sad part is the whole idea of non-conformity. <laughs> is con it's conforming to the world. I mean, exactly. It, it, that's, it, it, that's, that's, it's, it's the gospel of sexual anarchy that there's there's more conforming, the more more confirmation. By the way, did you hear Twitter bans? There we go. Did you hear Twitter ban Stephen Black? They they banned him. He is mm -hmm. now banned. Like Al Alex Jones is banned from Twitter. Mm -hmm. Stephen Black is banned oh. because he was defending traditional gender. And other stuff. Um, to uh, Bella is out 27 years. Do you make him eggs? LOL. No, because Randall really doesn't like eggs much. He doesn't eat. He doesn't really. I'm the egg eater in the family. I am. I admit it. Now, what else? Oh, okay. Now let's get to this last. Uh, we'll do the Hal Lindsay one later. But I want to do this photo of the young man praying over the police. 
Do you guys see this? This is such a racist thing, people. Racist. No, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> if, if this was the liberal media, this was how black young man praying over white officer goes viral. The outcry. Ah, okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. It's okay. All right, so let's look at this. This is pretty cool. Are you... This isn't going to let you see show the picture, though. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Okay. We'll, let me, um, you start reading now, get something going. Listen to this. Okay. So yeah, this this can, is cool. It says, it says here, a photo of a young man praying over a Florida deputy is lighting up screens across the country. The photo posted to Facebook by the deputy's wife uh, features the man putting his hand on the deputy's shoulder. Okay, so the deputy's sitting down in the picture and the young, well, the young, the young man is like, you know, puts his hand on his shoulder. Oops, um, something that didn't go right. Anyway, features the man putting his hand on the deputy's shoulder while both of their heads are bowed, according to WRIC. <gasps> the deputy's wife, Justine Tucker, said that while eating dinner at Zaxby's, the young man named Juan approached the table and asked to pray for the deputy's safety. At the time of this writing, the post has been liked by more than 48,000 people and shared more than 24,000 times with over 4,000 comments. Tonight was a night that I will never forget. The picture, this picture is a reminder of God's constant love and perfect timing, Justine wrote. Tonight, we had an amazing encounter with an incredible young man named Juan. He came up to Cameron and asked if he could pray over him pray over him and his protection after crying my eyes my eyes out we got to have an amazing conversation with this gentleman she continued justine later noted that juan was quote on fire for god and you could feel his presence in the room unquote she added juan said that he had felt compelled to talk to us and to pray over cameron commenters praised the young man and the deputy god bless your husband family and this young man and his family thank you for serving your community one person commented Let's pray that many youth like this young man's heart burn for Jesus Christ and not be occupied with lies from media, but be on their knees in prayer for our nation. God is good and could be could use anyone if we let him in. Less of us, more of Jesus, another pre person wrote. Thank you, young man, and all of you who pray for anyone, but especially our first responders, said one woman. My husband has been in law enforcement for almost 25 years, and in our world, we know that the only true protecting we have is the power of prayer. Yep. There you go. Are you going to put the picture up? I did. You did? Put it back up. Let's look at this kid. Okay? I mean, you know, anybody who's under 30 is a kid now to me, just so you know. I'm a lot older now. Look at that. Isn't that, like, awesome? Isn't that great? Now, first of all, you see that? I don't know if he was delivering. It was another person in the store or whatever, but he came over. He prayed for that that guy, and the guy actually accepted it. There's no hatred, no bigotry, no racism, you know, no chips on people's shoulder. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing, you know? <laughs> this is America. This is This is people who have sane thinking going on in their head, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, all this division and the garbage in the liberal media, that's BS. It's its all hype and stuff. And, and I had to share this with you because, honestly, we need to see more of this, and we don't see it a lot. 
because the media is too busy, especially Christian media. It's too busy telling you all the garbage happening in the church and the sin that should be dealt with in the church and not put out publicly, making the church look bad. Uh, but anyway, so that's, that's, um, that's my thought on that. But I, that touched, that touches me. Honestly, if I had somebody come up to me that I didn't know who was a young person and say, you know, that they would pray for me, they, they would offer to pray for me. I'd be like, yeah, go for it, kid. You know? And I, I mean, I wouldn't call him a kid, but I'd be like, you know, all that. I'll tell you what, I, um, um, Awana started this past Sunday at my church and, you know, I teach the kids. I, well, I'm, you know, I help with the kids and this year we get to, we get, we get to, to work with every kid that's in the program. There's like 60 kids that came through and, um, and it was funny because, uh, this past Sunday as me and me and my, my coworker, who's about 30, so she's young enough to be my kid. <laughs> we were in there with the first group of kids and I was like, okay, kids, you know, tell me your name, your rank, your serial number. I mean, it's just, I want to know what your name is, where, you, what grade you're in and something special about you. And so they all did that. And then we did their little lesson and then, and then they went to the next room and then came in littler kids and we did some other things and then came in the little, I guess they're called cubbies, the little cubby kids, which are like two year olds. And they were so cute. They were like sitting on the floor, picking their noses and um and all that and i just um <laughs> but they were so they were so attentive to the bear puppet it wasn't bear face it was actually a bear puppet um you know and sharing the gospel with these kids and all i could think as i was sitting on the floor with my legs crossed and having a hard time getting up after that was how blessed these little children are that they get to hear god's word you know they don't know they're hearing god's word really but it was, it was just awesome. And I was thinking, I didn't have that blessing. I didn't have the blessing of being raised in the church. You know, I had parents that baptized me Catholic and then they got divorced and thrown out of the church. And then I found the Lord when I was in high school or he found me, you know? Um, so it's, it's just, it's crazy. Okay. We've got 10 minutes left. Let's look at the Hal Lindsey article really fast. Okay. I'm going to, I'm a, I'm not going to do the the other one. So Hal Lindsey, many of you probably know who he is if you're as old as we are. Um, he is very well known for the book, The Late Great Planet Earth, that was written way back then. Um, he wrote a blog post recently titled, What Will the End Times Look Like? And this is what it says. It says, have you ever wondered what the end times will look like? Well, look around. Drugs. The Bible describes massive drug use in the end times. Today, the United States faces a drug abuse crisis of unprecedented proportions. It's true that deaths by overdose seem to be down slightly this year, but that's because police, paramedics, and other first responders now routinely carry a medication called uh, nalo. How do you say that, Mia? <laughs> Naloxone? Naloxone? I don't know. Okay. Sold under the brand name Narcon. It reverses the effects of opio op opioids. Opioids saving countless lives. Even with that, according to the CDC, more than 70,000 Americans now die every year of opiate overdoses. And this is not just an American phenomena. It's a worldwide problem. Yep. Nar Narcon. Okay. Yeah. Yep. You did it. See, you know, because you're my lifelight paramedic superhero. <laughs> Rogue Nations, Russia. 
there there have always been rogue nations, but right now two of the worst actors in, on the world stage represent a big part of the Alliance of Nations predicted in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Russia will lead the coalition today. Russia's military budget is much smaller than that of China and the United States, but it is making up for the lack of money with the use of creativity and daring. They have had notable successes in their attempts to build super weapons, but more important for, for the moment, they have been able to preach compute, breach computer systems of nations around the world. In just the last few days, we learned of learned of past Russian success in breaching communications within the FBI and CIA. I actually had a very interesting conversation with a friend of mine from the FBI today. <laughs> I won't tell you about it, but it was it was interesting. He's a retired FBI agent, and let's just say he's not a big fan of the taxes in the world. But anyway, rogue nations, Iran, the other lead nation in Ezekiel 38 coalition is Iran. That nation denies any involvement in the recent drone strike against Saudi Arabian oil facilities, but the Houthi rebels in Yemen are fully funded and directed by their fellow Shiite Muslims in Iran. Where would Houthi, I don't know if I'm saying that right, rebels get such sophisticated weapons? There's only one possible answer, Iran. The attack used Iranian-made drones. U.S. officials have privately told reporters at both Fox News and ABC News that the attack was not even launched from Yemen, but from Iran. If you have watched my television programs, this is Hal Lindsay's show. And read my books, you know that I am highly critical of the Saudi Arabian government, but we must understand that an attack on their oil production is an attack on civilization itself, something that, for now at least, runs on oil. Rogue nations, other. I won't take the time to talk about the European Union or China, whose very different quests for world supremacy both have the effect of endangering everyone. In an age of super weapons, smaller nations such as North Korea have also proven to be dangerous to everyone. This is perfectly in line with last day's Bible prophecy. Other things. I like how he categorizes that. Class, class, gender, racial, religious, and other divisions threaten peace between nations and within them. World leaders continue to use extreme measures to keep the planet's economic bubble from bursting. Terrorists around the world are at this moment plotting death and destruction. They spend their lives seeking to spread death and pain, and they have not, got, they have not gone away this list could go on and on, but I'll stop here. Amid all this, many churches seem more interested in helping people lose weight, be entertained, or feel good about themselves, thus the first part of the show, than to know God through Jesus Christ, be saved, and live in the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't mean to depress you. The gospel is still good news. Heaven awaits all who put their tr trust in Christ. As we see God's warnings prove true, we can also rest assured that his... Uh, that his promises remain true. The end in end times doesn't mean the end of everything. It means the soon end of evil, pain, despair, hopelessness, etc. We can look forward to an amazing, glorious future. In the meantime, we are on a mission for God. We need to speak the word of God and live the word of God. In the closing days of this age, may our efforts for him grow bigger, better, and bolder, and may we live in the security of his promises. Amen. Amen. Which is why I opened the show talking about Psalm 103, you know, reading that for you. I would all encourage you all to like go and read it. Put a one if you're going to go read Psalm 103 tonight before you go to bed. 
Put a one, people. <laughs> if I don't see any ones, I'm going to come to your house and smack you. <laughs> no. Actually, I'm already at your house right now. <laughs> or wherever you're at. But, uh, but yeah, you should definitely... Um, as I as I hold the kindness coin that I've been bending the whole time, I say that to you. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's pretty funny. Okay. Ah, uh, all right. Well, Randall, do you have any thoughts? Final closing thoughts for the show? Look at that big hair of yours. Slap that like button. No, just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Look up for your redemption draws nigh. Mm -hmm. You know, redemption is nearer than when we first believed, as the scripture says, because every passing day, whether it's a year closely, closer to the end of our natural life or a year closer to the coming of the Lord, the second coming, it's, it's a year closer to mm -hmm. the Lord. So, so we have reason to... Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is in with me, in me. Bless the Lord and forget none of his benefits. Amen. All right. So I have no idea why Periscope highlighted us tonight. But thank you, Periscope. You people of goodness. <laughs> hey, I love Periscope. I've been on this. Hey, here's the thing. The thing with Periscope, you know what's, crack, what's great about Periscope? is Periscope has been around for over four years, right? Four years ago, we took this show, which has been, which is 15 years old now. This show is a teenager, just so you know that, okay? So teenager, okay? Four years ago, Periscope came into being. I was one of the first people on Periscope in the Christian world, okay? True story. Bible News Radio, we came to Periscope, and we fell in love with it. We became daily broadcasters in fact we broadcasted twice a day when we first did it of course life got in the way and and but we if you if you could see the first broadcast we did on periscope four years ago you'd be laughing you would be like oh my gosh you've certainly changed <laughs> i'd be like yeah now i wear makeup when i go on screen that's one thing um yeah but you know periscope is is there's a lot of live streamers who jumped periscope they like jumped ship when uh facebook live came on uh, and they're like, yeah, Periscope's dead, you know, because uh, what was the other one that did die? It was, um, oh gosh, Meerkat. I think that's what it was, right? Was it Meerkat? Meerkat died. I think it was Meerkat. Is that what, right? What was it called? Meerkat, was it? I thought it was Meerkat. Yeah, and yeah, Could it was be. Meerkat. Meerkat okay. died. Meerkat went to the kitty or whatever. Anyway, it died. But you know what? There are some of us old timers, and I don't mean that in a mean way, but we're, we, we've we been here since the beginning. Um, Cynthia Bazin, she's on every day. She's been here that long. Vicky is still on. Um, you know, but there's a lot of people that had big followings that are no longer on Periscope because they jumped ship to go someplace else. But I never did. For that reason, I should get Gold Star Periscope. Because <laughs> I've been I've been a faithful broadcaster for four years, uh, but I love this. I love this platform for so many reasons. Number one, it's easy to use. Number two, they've made it better. Uh, they've monetized it. 
they have now made it where you can call in. If we were if we weren't doing this the way that we're doing it, there would be a way for you to call in. I mean, we could if we just did it on our phone, I would definitely take calls and, and interact with you. Um, I wish there there was a way to do that differently, but there's not. Um, but and it's free. I don't have to pay anything to be to do this. And I make money off this platform. So, you know, I'm just saying there, what's to hate about Periscope? Nothing. Uh, it's just, it's just, the. I guess actually one thing that I haven't liked is the trolls. And yet it looks like the trolls have really decreased. We haven't had any in a long time. So that's, that's kind of cool. The chat is the best, right? I mean, you guys know that. The chat on Periscope, in my opinion, it's the most interactive. It's the easiest. Um, I know I keep looking down because my phone is right here, but it's the easiest way to interact with people. And we have a community of people. Many of you have actually been to my home, you know, and actually become my personal friends as a result of this platform. So, I mean, it's like, I don't know how anybody could hate Periscope, you know, um, but again, it goes back to, you know, the idea of, you know, you, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, a lot of people in social media, they're like, well, how did you get your platform? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I've been doing this for 15 years. It wasn't, it didn't just happen. Right? <laughs> I'm on Twitter and I've been on Facebook for years and, you know, and I wish sometimes Facebook wouldn't remind me of stuff I did like five, 15, 10 years ago or whatever it was, um, you know. You're outside your home now? Okay, well, come on in. I could troll easily because you dislike gays, but I'll chat instead. Actually, I don't dislike gays. So I don't, you, your propaganda, that's propaganda. That's not true. <laughs> it's, it's anything but true if you only knew. Uh, you probably get the idea that I, quote, dislike gays because I cover the issues that defend traditional family. But that's actually not true that I dislike gays because some of my, yeah, fake news. There you go. Because, you know, I have family members who are in that community. I don't dislike them. And I actually have never liked, I have never not liked the gay person. That does, did I say that right? Yeah. So, yeah. And you really should hear my testimony before coming to that assumption. But anyway, um, but that's okay. You know, that's okay. So, so, uh, yeah. So that's kind of cool. Uh, tomorrow we'll probably have three people in here, but that's okay. Hey, if you're new, come back tomorrow. <laughs> By the way, our show is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at 8 p.m. Central Time. So you can just put that on your calendar, lock it in. And if you want to get on our email list, just go to BibleNewsRadio.com. If you want to go ahead and um, get on my text message list, that's the better place to go. Uh, text text Bible news. In fact, you could probably see it coming through there somewhere. Text the term Bible news to three, three, two, two, two. And, um, and, and then you'll get on my text message list. All I do on that is I send out a Bible verse in the morning. Uh, sometimes I do giveaways. I actually have been, I have a couple of things I'm trying to think about right now about that. Um, and I alert you when the show is going to come on. Sometimes I come on, um, when I'm not, on normally and I let people know, Hey, I'm going to go and do a scope, um, right now, just so you can pop on, <clears throat> uh, next weekend, just so you have a show note here next weekend, we will not be broadcasting the show. 
just so you know. Uh, when we will, I'm not sure yet, but it's not going to be next weekend. So next, next Friday, Saturday, uh, maybe Sunday we can, but I don't think so unless it's in the morning sometime, but next Friday, next Saturday, we won't be having a broadcast because I'll be at a legal shield convention, uh, and, um, we won't do that. So what we probably will do is do it on, maybe we'll do a show Monday this week. Uh, maybe we'll do it Tuesday and maybe hmm, we might be able to do Monday and Tuesday this week to make up for it. We'll we'll make up for it somehow, even if the week after we do a whole week of shows again somehow. I don't know how, but if we did, uh, we'll make, we, you know, we got to make up for those shows because of our sponsor and uh, make sure that they get what they're paying for. Um, but for sure, next weekend, we won't be broadcasting. I might pop on Periscope and let you see a little bit of the Legal Shield convention. Um, but you know, but then after that, we'll be back to our normal schedule. So, all right, that's it. People, yes, you did it. Yeah, you did. So have a good night. Remember, be bold people, stand up and go with God (laughs) because he loves you. Yeah, he does.